Hey everyone, welcome to Expansion Cast. Expansion Cast is a magical podcast I created so people could find simple or unconventional solutions to expand their personal awareness and experience. This podcast is dedicated towards revealing people's divine truth and how that divine truth works its way out into the world, one by one, helping liberate each of us on our personal path to freedom. If you love this podcast, please give us a rating and share. First of all, Farron, I want to welcome you to Expansion Cast. I have been sitting here and feeling into the session today and feeling what's going to come up. And first of all, I want to tell you, you look amazing. I've never seen you, you wear a shirt like that before. You look great. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So, Farron, let's start off with who are you? And not like who? the business sense of who this Farron is, but who like who really are you? Um, that's a very interesting question. Who am I? <laughs> I I almost want to answer it as in well, I don't know how to answer that. I could ask, I can answer it in a way that says I'm a uh, being of observation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or I could answer that as I, uh, uh, from a standpoint of what I do, um, but I'm going to go with, yeah, I want to go with I'm a being of observation of the truth that exists in all of us and um, and recognizes what kind of reality we're creating for ourselves. So um, does that mean that what gets you fired up and get, what gets you up every day is finding truth and seeking truth and sharing that truth with others? Yes. My world, the way that it functions in my own internal reality has had so much, um, well, I could go all the way back to, I guess, what really drives me, right, has driven me from the beginning. Um, I can't even say from the beginning, but what I recognized after exploring, um, following what I really wanted to do in my life with, with just life itself and ending up in places that I never really planned to or expected to. I always felt like I was, I was like the bridge of all of these different pods of people. And, you know, growing up, we, we see a lot of different constructs of groups and identities in our, um, you know, in our social environment when we're trying to identify with ourselves, And I just go back to that time where I'm, I wanted to just be a part of all of the identities and not see them as any different or be, be like that sense of belonging to all of them, but not seclude any of them. So, um, 
I've always kind of seen myself as being a little bit uh, like almost like an observer for a lot. Now that I look back, like an observer of the things going on in my world from more of a detached place. And, um, which helped me, you know, I could have gone the traditional route and gone to university and created some form of pathway going down that, that construct of, I did want to be a veterinarian. I wanted to help animals. I, but travel called and, um, the West Coast called, and in that came more diversity and more constructs of a variety of people that I was able to connect to. Um, I guess a, along all of that, there's been a pretty strong understanding or exposure to to just understanding life from a more holistic standpoint. I've had family that that have been in that more in that reality since I was young, but my sense of adventure, I think, more so took me to the experiences that I did get to have, leading into all of the I'm going to say mountains and valleys when I finally found it was like I, I came I came to a place. When I was in Whistler, I just started, I started doing yoga at my staff accommodation. There was a teacher there that taught power yoga and I was literally just doing it because I was an avid mountain biker and my, my body just needed something so that I wasn't going to hurt myself. And then time goes on and I end up in the Queen Charlotte Islands on a fishing lodge. Um, that opportunity pulled me away from Whistler, but it also pulled me into the practice of yoga and a friend that got me that job out in, on the island of Langara, which is magical. Um, there's two points. One was the creative element, the creation of how I manifested that experience and how it became more than what I had even anticipated or more than what I had actually asked for. So I had always said, I want a place, you know, that I can live and work at so I can create the freedom of being in that position. So everybody's going to wonder what, what happened? Like, what was the, was there a transformation or can you share that? Like what was this event? Um, well, for going to going to the island? Yeah. So, well, sort of. There was a mini transformation in there. So I had actually gone to Scotland. So I, going back to the, the timelines, there's so many. I don't even, I can't even really, um, it's hard to track my timelines and where I ended up when. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I did end up going to Scotland for well, for, I would say, eight months to a year um, and had hoped going into that that I would be able to save money. So that was my biggest thing. I wanted to save money so that I could travel more. I could just do what I want. Freedom is my, that's like my core value is to create freedom. 
And at that time, I didn't really name it freedom or I didn't really call it that. It was just something in me that that knew that I wasn't meant to just be stagnant or to stay in one place at, at any given time. And I found myself over a span of three or to five years, I was in one place for maybe three to four months. Um, so the first, that first year, however, I was in Scotland for that eight months. That was when I was 18. So I had gone from Whistler. I had um, wanted to become a vet. And the only natural animal clinic that I could find was in New Zealand at the time, weirdly enough. So I really wanted to go to New Zealand, but I, I had this idea that if I went to Scotland, had that experience and saved, saved the pound, mm -hmm. <laughs> it would translate into New Zealand dollars, like triple the amount. And I was going to be set. Um, but of course, you know, life doesn't always work out as planned. However, it still maneuvered itself in a way that I, I created experiences um, that I you know, that I needed and, and evolved from them. But I did um, come back from Scotland and then I went to the, went back to Whistler and then I went to the Queen Charlotte's. And that summer um, was me going there. Um, it was the manifestation of what I had asked for when I went to Scotland wanting to work in a live-in kind of situation. Um, but when I was in Scotland, I had I had heard that there wasn't really any positive experiences that came out of that kind of situation. So when I ended up getting this job at um, at the fishing lodge, it was exactly that. But it was so much more amazing having being living on the ocean, being able to watch the whales. Um, I got to salmon fish and be literally in, in like a magical vortex for a whole summer and get paid to be there, um, which then catalyzed my next opportunity, which was to take my chakra yoga training, teacher training, um, which was actually after my second summer at the Queen Charlotte's. So, yeah, so I guess where I'm going with that is that I... I created in the earlier times of my life, like there wasn't really a, you know, I didn't have a really clear idea on what I wanted to be or who I really was. I was more so following the inclination of how I was going to create the most magical and I'm going to say profitable experience doing what I love to do and being in, in really beautiful it, locations while I while I'm doing it and then it evolved slowly as I started doing my own yoga practice in the Charlotte's the summer previous and then the following summer is when the opportunity for um, the yoga training came about and it was just kind of a natural evolution somebody had mentioned the program and I didn't even know what a shocker was <laughs> but I just felt like a really strong pull to entertain this school called the pyramid yoga center and yeah i guess i always i i tell when i tell a story to people i always say you know i i came into my chakra yoga training and so many different aha moments came through that experience when i just showed up and life just kind of 
prepared me for that experience. I didn't, I paid cash for my, for my training, you know, everything kind of lined up accordingly. And what it, what it also did was it opened up a whole bunch of cans. (laughs) (laughs) It opened up a whole bunch of vortexes of stories. And, um, I didn't understand at the time, the depth of that undertaking, um, when it comes to exploring the chakra system and becoming a teacher, becoming a leader through embodiment and, um, and then going through after I had spent some time in Thailand, the second time I went there, there's a long story. I'm going to try to keep it fairly like summarized, but the second time I had gone to Thailand um, was when I dove really deep into the practices, but I wasn't balancing it with real life application or and sharing what I had already learned, which kept me in an internal spiral. And then um, I came back to Canada and had to integrate where I had been living for eight months back into this type of environment. So I went through, I I say it's like a two-year dark night of the soul when I came back to try to integrate all of the information I was receiving and that I had learned and, um, and also all of the internal dialogue and trauma that was coming up at the time. So over the construct of a few years, it's been, you know, it's been a healing process. I've been now in the same place for 12 years, which is crazy. And I never thought I would end up here. Um, but all I really wanted to do through it all was, was do my teach yoga and, and understand the philosophy of life through movement and through embodiment and, I, and music is my catalyst, being able to create and be an artist of um, creating a journey through music for people and um, and bring across concepts of how to understand a con- like a, a construct of thinking through the embodiment of movement and where I direct people in that in that theme or in that intention. So. Right. Yeah, it's been a journey and it's been a rough one for sure, um, so, going through the process of transformation. But. Yeah, so what does freedom mean to you? Um, freedom is such an internal game that I'm I'm learning. It's it's more about how much control I think I have with the things I can't control. um so can you give us an example like what what in your life maybe has offered you the most freedom oh man movement yeah and it gives me permission when i'm when i'm in a dance or i'm in in a creative process and i let myself go there um that it, it the freedom isn't the freedom is there, but the true freedom is when I actually let myself express that with other people, and um and and move past the self-limiting, we'll say barriers or constructs that um that do come up when I 
when I think that what I am or who I am or how I'm expressing that isn't going to be accepted or is it going to be um, understood. So the freedom comes when I when I express anyways, and then I start to see how it's transforming people. So that that's one element of, of freedom. Mm-hmm. And from that, then I'm still working on the whole financial gain. <laughs> yeah. Because that is a huge piece to be able to be to do and go and do the things that I really want to do and affect the people that I want to affect. But there's been a lot of like, I guess, weaving the understanding of the internal game and how it's reflecting in the external and finding the balance between the practical and the spiritual. Yeah. So would you say there's shadows in there that you have to work on um, to help you? I would say, yeah, well, there's definitely, um, I, I'm feeling like it's coming from the, the root of my, of giving myself the permission to express who I truly am mm-hmm. and not be afraid of that, that girl inside or that person inside that, that just like, you know, when her heart sings and when she's passionate about something or when she's just in her zone of creation of creativity and um and then being able to anchor that in so that i so that that you know the financial um elements can can become something more ecstatic and useful as opposed to being difficult and obstructive and and um limiting i guess Mm-hmm. in that creativity yeah so what's your is that your biggest block right now or your biggest hurdle is to allow yourself your ultimate freedom and however it shows up and in that space um let go of an old limitation around money so that it can just start to flow in and support you in your authentic space is that accurate? Yes, I think my main problem with, I think this, I'm sure a lot of people can relate, is... Um, nope, you're all alone. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you. <laughs> uh, maybe it's just me. Um, <laughs> is uh, spending too much spending more than what I'm bringing in. So, and I'm, and it's not just on anything. Like there's, there is, um, there is a part of me that just wants, that wants to give so much, like for me to not be able to support people when they think they can't, um, do something that would be beneficial to them. There's one part in that, that I, that I definitely, have learned to understand is that there's a time and a place for and how that support is given. Um, I, it can create an, an enabling situation and to discern the difference between when I, you know, when I want to give something, um, making sure I'm not trying to save them from something. And then, so that's one piece of it. And so the next part like when it's not saving somebody from something but just knowing that I have the ability to give in order to help them evolve in the direction that they need um then that creates you know to me that creates a a form of 
um, purpose in some respects. So when I'm spending, when when I am spending a lot of my my invest, I'm going to say what I'm investing a lot, a lot in is on um, outside influences that are that I think can create some form of help me create some form of structure and um, systemization for what I'm doing. So I want to translate that as like, this is kind of like the masculine energy, um, you know, like the banks of the river, it has a place for that water to flow. And that part, I feel like there's so much, there's so much femininity in my expression, but there's also a form of, um, masculinity that is more directive and it needs focus and it, it needs some form of like um, some sort of like I'm going this direction and we can weave in and out through that but to hold strong and steady in that focus the systematic systemization of what I'm trying to get across there's a piece in there that I'm still working on on healing or learning to use in a way that's not going to derail me from my creativity so when I reach out and I invest in say coaches or or people who who I think have the system and I see them succeeding with their system it may or may not be my system but I'm in the process right now where I'm looking for that that construct and therefore I'm being asked to consistently review um, what what part of me is asking for that and what it really needs. Right. Sometimes what I do when I come up to a block like that is I will ask myself and maybe the universe, how am I denying the, you know, the, the, this abundance to flow? What am I doing to deny it? And what is the old story inside me that's preventing me from accepting what's already coming to me? what's already there like i mean money is abundant that there's lots of it and you know when when i'm not receiving there's two things like for me that can happen one is i'm blocking it with some sort of belief around money that and and secondly um is greed sometimes i'll start getting money and then i'll start getting greedy and all of a sudden it starts to slow down um, mm. so I, I find if I keep that doorway open and I, I just accept that, yeah, I have to do some work. I have to do some work to generate some money. I have to find my worth so that when somebody comes to me, uh, for a session and they offer me, you know, I've had people say, you know, can I give you an extra $300 for the session? And at one point I, I would feel like, no, cause you know, I didn't feel like what I gave them was worth that much money, but who am I to decide that? Why would I block that, right? Mm -hmm. So as soon as I started just being open and grateful for their experience to give me money or, or support me, it changed how money started flowing in. Mm -hmm. And now I don't see money as an object anymore. Now I see it more as like a fluid energy that moves in and it has to go too. It has to keep moving in some way. Yeah. 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 It needs some form of <clears throat> purpose mm -hmm. yeah. um, in order to fulfill that purpose or to move in that, you know, the 
water along the banks of the river where they're going. Um, yeah, I agree. And um, there's a good point there about not deciding for other people what they can and can't afford. So I would make assumptions that the people I'm speaking to can't afford what I feel I'm worth or that I'm, that I'm valuing in myself. And um, so first had to obviously recognize my own value, but then the minute I removed my, my judgment on whether they could or couldn't afford something, I also, you know, they're going through the same battle with their own self value. And if I were to decide for them that, or make an assumption that they could only afford, say, you know, $5 instead of $50, um, I'm, I'm just creating that experience, that block for myself there, because I don't know. I, and more times then not, I will remove that once I was aware that's what I was doing. And, um, and people are more than, more than happy to, to pay or they will find ways that will help them mm -hmm. um, receive the information or receive the guidance or the support. So, so yeah, it's, it's a, it's also parallel, you know, reflection in my own world when I'm asking other people to help me, um, I have to watch my assumptions on my own self-value and my own self-worth that I may or may not need what I think I need because I'm just not recognizing or trusting myself. Yeah. But the other thing, also, yeah. the other thing that comes up for me too with money sometimes and, and, and when it comes in is if I have a client that comes in and they can't generally afford it, suddenly there's, an old program that starts up for me. And if they can only afford to pay me half of my going rate, all of a sudden there's this feeling that, well, maybe that's what I'm worth. And that was an old thing that I would drop into quite easily. And mm -hmm. making my value based on somebody else's ability to, to pay. And mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was, yeah. that was one I had to recognize too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, there's a quote, I don't know who it's from, but it's how you get paid in direct proportion to your value. Like you're, no matter what that is. So whoever, however you're determining your value, you will get paid in direct accordance to that, yeah. equal to that. So how does this all flow into manifesting? So... <laughs> <laughs> it's a big question. I want to, I, well, I want to, I kind of want to reference that. It's funny how that kind of concert came up or the memory of, you know, thinking I want the desire in me to want a live-in working situation to save money in order to go to New Zealand. You know, that like something, there had to be a motivation to create the dream or to create the desire mm -hmm. of a scenario. And, and I didn't get it within, or the plate, like I didn't get it at the place and I didn't really get it in the time that I had thought that's what I was trying to create. And so I kind of forgot about it. I kind of forgot about that, that desire until I got asked to go to this live-in working situation 
And I was like, oh my gosh, I've, I totally asked for this. And it, even until I got there, I realized like I'm in my working, working holiday situation, getting paid to be in a, the most beautiful place. And this is like beyond what I had thought that would look like. That's why I couldn't really see it. I mean, I could see, but I, it was more created from like, this is what I, what I think I need in order to create this over here. This like, you know, uh, money to go to school over in this other country that's gonna cost me, you know, double the amount if I did it in my own country. But there was something in me that wanted, wanted something initially and then it created a construct of an idea. And then I, I let go of that idea and, and, but life still kept creating something for me in the process. So I, I think that's, that's the most, like, there's been so many more situations, but <laughs> I feel like a lot of my manifestations are either so instantaneous, um, depending on the capacity of them. Or they're like that situation where now that I understand I'm creating my reality and my future in this very moment in every single thought and feeling and construct of, you know, belief systems that I have and how I'm responding to what I'm even saying right now is creating my next moment. Um, I, I, as soon as I recognized that, how powerful that was, how powerful I was, I actually got really scared. And I only, I got scared because I was afraid of my negative thoughts, thinking that they were going to create a negative experience because that's what, you know, that's what we are taught that. And it's not that that's not untrue because it, it is true, but I also wasn't recognizing my power to respond to those negative thoughts. So the idea of what I was manifesting and the idea of these positive and negative thoughts are, you know, you have to be, I was very optimistic. I'm still very optimistic being, it's just in my nature. So when I went into a negative space, that's when I really forgot the power of who I was in that more optimistic, positive space, but I had to drop into the negative and kind of explore that space. Unfortunately, it was not fun, but it happened because I wasn't acknowledging power um, correctly. I was, I was afraid of the thought, but I was not acknowledging the fact that I had the power to choose differently. And and I think that's what happens a lot when, uh, you know, when we get scared or when we're afraid of not knowing who we are or where we're going or we get lost in the whole identity crisis process is that um, we kind of lose the sense of uh, ability, like understanding that we have the ability to, to make different choices, but getting ourselves into that place that we are manifesting and we are creating in every moment. Um, but ultimately it's the relationship we're having with ourselves in that creative process that's going to result in the reality that we see. So how do we recognize, let, let's, how do I explain this? Um, when we're manifesting, say, 
say, Farron, you say that I want to manifest a relationship. And in this relationship, I would like it like this and like this and like this. And how do we recognize whether we're blocking that manifestation from coming? And how do we recognize if it does start to come through, what is authentic and what is not? Mm -hmm. I want to take that into reflection. When we have a desire, there's a reason for that desire. There's something in us that is yearning for some sort of connection, some sort of understanding, some form of safety and security, joy, bliss, whatever, wherever that desire is coming from. It's a construct of something about the relationship inside that you ha that we have that we have taken on as we've developed the relationship with ourselves and others and the, our belief systems around those pieces. So the desire comes, it may come from a place of true, pure, like this is, this is my, this is the essence of who I am. And I can acknowledge myself when I look at in the mirror to myself and I can see her clearly and I'm ready I'm I'm okay to see that outside of myself and then there's those parts that we're just we're really afraid about being in relationship to ourselves. so we desire safety or support or security from another to help keep us in that that space of what we would recognize as safety or security but there's a disconnect there because it's coming from a place of fear or there's a, there's a piece that was filled from the outside or told about that relationship from the external that created the relationship um, dynamic inside. So when we're, when I say, you know, I want this kind of relationship, I really would love it's more like, how do I want to feel in my body when I'm in relationship to life? And if the other, if we can, if we can look at life every day and understand we're actually in relationship with not only everybody, every person, but everything, every animal, every particle of existence and see it as a reflection of what's happening on the inside and how we're relating to our environment. I mean, I never, and I fought it for years to be in relationship with medicine hat, <laughs> to be in relationship with the, the place that I found myself in. I was, I was in full on resistance battle because I wanted to be in Thailand. I wanted part of my psyche was like, I like myself better in Thailand. I don't like myself where I am. And, but that wasn't the, the dialogue that I was using at the time. It was just like this internal resistance that was like, you know, I didn't ask for this. I didn't, I didn't, I don't want to be here in this place where it was not the jungle. It was pure desert. You know, was, there was all of it. Nobody was like me here. Um, <laughs> I'm never going to find a relationship here. Like nobody, nobody knows who this person is who was just in the jungle and, you know, being a yogi, even though I was, I was in full on breakdown in the jungle, but my idea of my relationship 
to this other place was in my mind, even though it wasn't real because it wasn't where I was presently, um, the feeling I get, I got when I thought about being somewhere else felt more alive than where I was presently. So my relationship to where I was was disconnected. There was something there that just wasn't allowing me to just see who I was and the power that existed within planting myself, no matter where it was, and be in relationship to that. So I think that the the cue that we get when we're in relationship or we're desiring or we're writing down, you know, this is what we want and what we desire in a relationship um, is just, you know, asking that question is like, how do I want to feel in relationship to life itself, to where I am now, and then let that ripple out into that more intimate interaction with another being or another person. And, um, and we're all, my, my challenge personally in, in intimate relating or bringing in a partner was to understand my role within that understanding, that internal relationship I was having, and then wanting the structure of the masculine to be able to take care of all of these other things. But I wasn't I wasn't willing to surrender that as much as I wanted it. I wasn't able to surrender it so that they could fully help me in supporting my creative process. It was there but I wasn't, I wasn't um, fully receiving it because of my own concept of my own self-worth and how vulnerable I was willing to be, how expressive every relationship that I had been in, I was afraid to truly express myself in the, like the entirety of who I, who I think I have become. So, which told me, even though I desired a partner, there was aspects of myself showing up in that relationship that continue to as I'm as I'm pulling back my own internal relationship and finding harmony within that. So it's um it's not a it's not a concrete thing. I mean we can we can put it on a vision board all we want of uh, of an idea or a concept of what we think a relationship you know should look like but we have to look at that vision board and say am I willing to actually be all of these things am I willing to surrender yeah Yeah. am I willing to let this in and if I'm not then let's let's talk about that you know let's go there let's see what would happen if I did so tell me the medicine hat thing how did you surrender what was the big surrender to allow you to start to actually enjoy being where you are. You know, it was funny. <laughs> it's funny now. It is still, it was funny then. It was a bit humbling, actually. I um, I had lived, when I first moved here, I was in a really, mentally, I was in a really difficult space. Um, I was going through a dark night of the I'm calling it dark night of the soul, but I was going through like psychosis and, and not able to make decisions easily. I, I was try I didn't want to be here. So I was looking for like the next exit out. I was living with my mom and, you know, being caught up in my stepdad and my mom's relationship. Um, and 
interestingly, like as I look back, I understand why I ended up at my mom's place because there was lots of healing that needed to happen from between her and I. So that was one resentment I had <laughs> um, was that I actually had to face that. And the second was that I was not where I wanted, where I thought, where I had dreamt about being. I was in like the complete opposite situation that I ever thought I would end up. And I would walk every day. I just like my body needed to move every day. So I would walk and I would, you know, in my head, I would just be like, just kind of coping, I think, through constructing my thoughts into poetry and, and song and, and just finding ways to understand my own internal dialogue when I was walking or running. And, uh, and I kept hearing myself say, like, I don't want to be here. 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 I want to be somewhere else. And then one day I just like, whatever it was in me, a higher part of myself, it just like, it stopped me in my tracks. And all I heard was this big voice that said, if you, if you want to go, then go. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, Oh, you mean, Oh shit, I have a choice. (laughs) And I kept, I saw the, I saw the hamster wheel that for the first time that I was, I, I, it was like a child being like, I, I want to go, but the parent saying like, you have to stay and you don't have a choice. And we put you here. And my, my parent, my, literally my parents did put me in medicine. (laughs) My dad had bought me a ticket because like a flight to come here, to come to my mom so that I would get, I would heal. And then I could come back because he was scared. My dad, you know, my whole persona shifted when I came back from Thailand and he thought he lost his daughter, you know, and I was losing my, I was, you know, I too was just as scared, but he, he was like, I'm buying you this ticket. You're going to medicine hat. You're going to see your mom and then you're going to get better. And, and then you can come back so that I feel better. Right. And, uh, so that that's literally what the little girl in me was feeling was that I wanted to leave, but I couldn't. And then that moment where I had that realization that this is a choice that I get to make, I'm not being told to do this, um, came in. And then, and then, you know, one day at a time, once I really heard it, and I'm sure I heard that more than once before that moment, but for whatever reason, that moment just like it hit me. And, um, and then I ended up getting, um, I think I ended up getting a job at a spa, just doing, you know, pedicures and manicures, even though I wanted to be doing Thai massage and it just, and then it evolved into doing, um, doing work and, and actually helping other people. And that was part of my healing process too, was just being of service to other people with the talents and skills that I had. And, and then I started meeting, um, I met Joe who now, runs Nirvana 101 and um she started meditations at her house and suddenly these people start showing up in my in my reality that I was telling myself there's nobody here (laughs) that um understands me and then that one shift of my belief in that moment shifted my reality now I was let now I let it in and all of these people and all these opportunities 
that my soul was like, come on, like you can be anywhere and these people are going to be here because you are everywhere, right? Um, started showing up, but I had to make that decision. As soon as I chose, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be here. If I can make it in Medicine Hat, I can make it anywhere. And that was the moment that life really shifted for me. So um, that message has has come through and I've had to remind myself of that more and more and more often. Um, anytime that I'm finding uh, myself wanting to, wanting to escape where I am as opposed to choose to be somewhere else. I think I met you shortly after that. Probably, yeah. Time, <laughs> I'm time sure. Yeah. I met a lot of people after that. <laughs> <moment>. Yeah. <laughs> so, one other thing I've been wondering is, in your clientele, what's what's the most common hurdle they have today? Hmm. Um, I'm gonna say a sense of belonging which is very parallel to my own journey. Um, and, and it's interesting. It's not just, I mean, most of my clientele are like my mom's age. <laughs> They're in their fifties and sixties. And, but I do get the odd woman in their twenties and thirties and forties. But, you know, if I look at it, there is, there's such a um, core desire for community in some respect, like some form of like belonging so that you can be or being your true self and then feeling like you belong to um, like the, the tribal mentality, feeling like you've got, you've got like people on your side, people who see you for who you are. And when you're being authentic to that, then you can you can you can receive the support that reflects that authenticity. So my clientele, um, I've actually recognized that a lot of people are coming to me too who are in transition, and I, my life is full of transition. And I don't think that one every day is completely different than the one before. There might be some routine, but. I, I've had to fully surrender to understanding graceful transition just every day. Every time I wake up, I'm like, how am I, how am I showing up today? Um, trusting the unfolding and not getting too caught up in my head. So that's where I find, yeah, I guess in the last year or two, I've been finding that that has been um, kind of a core a core need for the clients I've seen and the students that are showing up is this sense of belonging and community and helping them gracefully transition and transition with support in their evolution and in their awakening process to who they really are and finding that joy and finding that playfulness, finding their, their way to yeah, enjoy their relationships in their life and, so it's, it, you know, consistently is an invitation for me to keep, keep being graceful with myself in that, in that as well. So that's, I would say if I were to, yeah, categorize, categorize it the most, it would be in that department. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly where you're experiencing the same kind of 
expansion yourself too, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Well, we are about at the last stage of this journey. And I guess the last question is, do you feel you have any limitations that you're not willing at this point to work through? See the ones that pop up in the mind and you're like, nope, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> uh, hmm. Um, I don't know if that I'm not willing to see them, but I think they definitely challenge me to, they still challenge me is, is making decisions around relationships, past relating, present, possible future. There's like, there's this part in me in relationship that has been, um, really shaky when it comes to commitment. So it's not that I don't want to see that limitation, but there is a part that just sees it. Like I, I know that there's, there's a fear there around what commitment fully looks like and how I want that to be, um, how, how I want that to be. And yeah, instead of it being like this project that I need to conquer, I think I'm just in that place of awareness and committing myself to smaller things and to things that aren't, you know, so um, absolute, I'll say. Because I think that's just an in it, in it um, limitation that is always going to come up for me with this desire for freedom and the understanding of it is to understand the importance of commitment and how that can create freedom as opposed to the commitment limiting my freedom. Um, that's been a big one yeah. for sure. Yeah. So my creative mind has a question. If God said that every person on earth was to become mute and not be able to speak, but Farron, you had the last sentence to say or the last statement to be spoken, what would it be? You are who you think you are. <laughs> yeah, that's, not very, that's not a simple statement to put in, <laughs> <laughs> to accept. Nope. No. Uh, yeah, no, what, it's not simple. The mind is not simple until it's simple. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and if we couldn't speak, we would be with our mind. That's all we. That's all we have. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, yesterday, uh, part of I'm part of a group that's doing life story. So we have dinner, and then we one person tells their entire life story. And <laughs> I've been I've done it before uh, with with a uh, with a coach, and that took about three hours at that time. And a lot of stuff came up, a lot of old traumas and different things, and left me in a, a an uncomfortable place afterwards. Yeah. And so, in this group, uh, I've been listening to people tell their life story and younger people than me 
um, different life stories, all very interesting and beautiful to listen to. And yesterday I got picked. And uh, yeah, I think it, it was about three hours I shared. And I mean, I didn't share everything and I just, everything flowed. Everything that came out is what I think needed to come out. And how I felt, lots of emotional stuff I went through, lots of old, you know, limit, limiting e events that, that um, caused me to think a certain way or have certain beliefs. You know, I just explored so many things, so many positive things too. And I got home and I couldn't sleep. I was just like wired, absolutely wired, like wide awake. And this is like midnight. And uh, today I woke up and I feel so clear. I feel like all these burdens are gone. And I feel a lot more in, um, yeah, I feel a lot more present, a lot more in in myself, a lot more, I, I don't know what the word is, but yeah, I, I feel grateful for the opportunity to have a voice and to be able to use it and, and to be able to speak freely and have people accept whatever comes out. That was great. Yeah, it's important to be heard. And I find when I tell my stories, just as I've done today, you know, there's so much I'm observing what I'm saying. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, just catching some interesting keys around what's happening presently in my life. It just, it never ceases to amaze me mm -hmm. at the power of conversation and observation to create that clarity and to just bring voice to those things in a place that there's no expect, you know, there's no fixing or there's no need to need to take it anywhere really, but it will take itself when observed in a place that it can just be exactly what it is. Cause we, well, I'll speak personally, but that, where I, I find my clarity is through conversation and listening to myself talk. <laughs> so, uh, and of course, I listen to others talk because of that. I, I try to hold that space. I do my best to hold that space for people um, to observe their own process. And it's amazing the things, you know, to see the unfolding as just in the observation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I can thank you enough for joining me today. It's been a very, very huge uh, honor to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. And it feels like you're right here. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, yeah, it's amazing. The portal of um, technology has humbled me in how close we actually are regardless of how far of a distance physically we are, we're so, we are connected always. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Roger. This podcast is Expansion Cast. Thank you for listening.